Hi, and welcome to Talking to Artists, a casual weekly conversation where artists share their inspirations, process, challenges, and business ideas to give art lovers and aspiring artists a peek behind the curtain. I'm Kate Taylor, full-time Canadian artist and your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of Talking to Artists. So today I'm actually doing this interview in what will hopefully, well actually will be my new art studio at the cottage, converting a cabin to our cottage. So pretty excited about that. I had a run in with uh, yeah, a number of wild turkeys yesterday, which was kind of cool and sort of, uh, it's beautiful up here. Anyway, welcome to Talking to Artists, the uh, basically the weekly podcast that talks to artists and people in the art industry, art dealers, galleries, uh, people that help people with the business of art. And the goal is really just to have a casual conversation for artists that help them to kind of just accelerate their business a little bit. It's good for uh, galleries and art galleries to kind of understand maybe what's out there and for collectors to sort of uh, get a bit of a better sense of what's going on kind of in the creative minds of artists. So today we're going to be talking to Paul Constable. I'm very excited to talk about him. He runs a dual role of, I guess, similar to myself and that he's a full-time practicing artist. He also runs Artists in Canada, which is a great directory and resource for artists. So I'm just going to see if he has joined us already and I will invite him in. Here he is. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. I'm just going to turn the volume down a little bit. There you go. Oh, maybe I'm too loud. I mean, kind of an echoey room. I didn't realize until I started. It sort of the sound bounces a bit. Yeah. Well, that happens. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, the studio and my uh, furnace will kick in every once in a while. So. Yep, that happens. We'll yeah. So I was just saying that you and I actually have kind of similar paths a little bit in the sense that we kind of came from marketing communications kind of industry, and are kind of balancing <clears throat> full-time artist with kind of a role of helping artists with the business of art and you two artists in Canada. But I would love to actually first talk about your art. I didn't actually realize that you were based in Saskatoon, which yeah. is cool. But yeah, well, I was a graduate of Alberta College of Art and Design, moved to Saskatoon. It was close and family was here. So I, I'm kind of an Air Force kid. So I kind of traveled the world. I've been, I've been in Toronto and London, Ontario, and Vancouver. So I've lived, uh, lived everywhere a little bit, even in Europe for four years. So. That's pretty that. cool. Yeah, well, I was too young. I wish I was a little older when I was there, but had a great, great time when I was young there. So that was fun. Yeah. So I, well, I could certainly see uh, the inspiration sort of when I was looking at your um, your old paintings, how you totally capture those that kind of that color palette and a lot of like wonderful yellows and golds and stuff of your of your landscape. Yeah, well, that's kind of a seasonal thing around here. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, we don't, we don't, we don't, well, I don't think there's many leaves left. It's just on the tail end of our, uh, our fall. But we tend to get into the, you know, the uh, cadmiums, you'd be in the yellows and oranges. And we don't get a lot of those nice maple reds and the deep crimsons, you know, like you go down east and the maple trees and such. So We're about a week away from it being glorious. Like, it's really yeah. quite beautiful. But the oaks with the bright reds and the sugar maples with those strong oranges are just starting to come out. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost sick of cadmium yellow right now. So I'm just <laughs> oh, <is that laughs> put it away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm, I've turned more into a, I like more of a minimalist palette. So more analogous, I guess. Trying, I, I really love the grays of winter and some of those ochres that come through and 
like a full palette cool of blues gray. And... The, the pool, the nice, like there's, as I say, there's a thousand shades of white. Well, the same goes for gray. They just, they glow. They make your work pop. Like if you, if you've got a really nice gray against your cadmium and it's got a little tinge of that crimson in it or magenta or purple a little in there, just the touch on the undergrad, that yellow just glows. I mean, you, especially, yeah. you, you sort of know like if a fog comes in in the late fall and you've got all those brilliant colors, but if you've got a, a gray sky that's just got a little bit of an underpaint in it, those yellows just glow forever. Like they're just, they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And they're not hard on your eyes. Like it's kind of, they soften yeah. with that gray and it just, so I'm, I've really been playing more with that, uh, trying to figure out where I want to go with those things. Cause it's a constant evol evolving of what you do. And that's mm -hmm. the painting aspect of what I do, but it kind of, I mean, illustration background uh, in communications as well. So some of my works tend to be lyrical in nature, right? So one, one painting talks, to the next painting like and you, right. you you go in a series not unlike not quite like you're illustrating a book but you are telling a story within yourself from the pieces of work and i found that it's well, a thought pro it's a thought process right like you're working through yeah. a story or an idea or a thought process and for some artists i think you can resolve that in one painting and for other artists i think it becomes kind of a series where the story reads from the beginning to the end exactly Unfortunately, with those ones, when a piece goes missing out of the show, you've got like this <laughs> tooth in the middle of your forehead that is this, it's, what's, there's something missing here, right? And somebody purchased that one piece. So I tend to like to But do other people see that? Do other people see that there's a gap or is it just you because you know the me, whole probably. illustrative story? Yeah. Well, I think probably me, unless they've seen published pieces of the work and say, where's that piece and where's that piece? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times my shows, my my work isn't really meant for above the couch. Like I don't, I don't paint for um, houses in public and they're painted for exhibition, mostly public right. exhibitions. And so I'll make requests, fill out proposals and ideas. And I get a stack of no, 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 no. <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and how do you, how do you find those? I think I th I'd be interested in kind of understanding how do you find those opportunities then? You just keep pushing, right? Um, it's meeting people and you've got to find a curator and you've got to, you know, somebody that sees the way you want to go a little bit and says, oh, I can take that and give my vision to it and, and get a, as long as you're willing to accept what the curator is going to curate about what you're doing. A lot of times they'll edit out the darn good pieces that you want to show. <laughs> you, but what it do you is, do? It is you interesting though. Yeah, it is interesting, I find, because I've been in a couple of situations like that, too, where they take the show, they hang the show. I did one in Boston. It was really weird because I'm kind of a control monger. And normally you have a vision of what the what's it's going to look like, what pieces go together, how it's going to flow, how the story is going to be. And they basically said, no, this is this is how we do it. Like, even though it's a solo show, we actually manage the curation. And it was so interesting because they put things together I never would have put together, uh, including sizes and stuff. But it looked so so cool. Like I was really kind of quite happy for that experience, even though I had to kind of give up the reins a little bit. I, I was almost to a point where I was going to get myself a pseudonym. Like I was going to curate a show once <laughs> the other day. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> that person never showed up anywhere, but it was, you know, I'd have yeah. to go incognito somehow with the COVID mask. I could do it maybe with that. Yeah, well, you could create a whole Instagram <laughs> profile. I mean, yeah, I think I, I, Mike Pence's fly already has a whole Twitter account, I, right? Yeah, I am getting tired of the COVID stuff already, but it's just kind of, you know what? You have to look at it as it's a forced opportunity. And artists are always building work for the future. We, we always have yeah. more work than we can sell. So I think, I think those are the things that we just, just keep, you can't stop. I mean, you just keep, keep doing what you do. And it's nice to make a few sales and contacts. And I think social media has probably helped an awful lot in people accepting the way we are right now, because it created a lot of friendships that uh, maybe never would have been available before. So they met yeah. more artists now than ever have communicated coast to coast, right? Just through social well, media. Yeah, I agree. And well, and I think too, that certainly COVID has forced artists to, to take kind of the digital aspect of their business yeah. much more seriously. Whereas before yeah. it was like, yeah, I, I know I should, but you know, I can go to a bunch of outdoor shows. I can meet a bunch of people. I can sell a lot of work. So yeah. it's not as important. Whereas it makes, it's so critical. Yeah. I think it gets you out of that regional artist, right? So you have to get if you're going to be a national artist, you have to reach out somehow. And you know, social media is a great way of doing that. So yeah. I think otherwise you're just in Toronto or you're in Vancouver and they know about you there. And unless somebody travels there and goes to your show, like there's a lot of things they have to hit. The bells have to hit bang, 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 bang. If they're going to find you. Right. Yeah. So they, they, they need to, they need to see the breadcrumb and you've got to lay the breadcrumbs out for them. And the least amount of breadcrumbs, the better it is, right? That's how the least amount of clicks to get to you. That's what you want to do. Right. So, but don't overthink it. Like that's, that's the real problem. People try to get too sophisticated to, they overthink it and put on everything. No, you don't need that. You don't just stay to your ones that work for you because it's an 80, 20 mm -hmm. rule on everything else. Right. Yeah. And I think absolutely there, that whole um, aspect is, which is so important about, trying to make it perfect or trying to make everything go out there. And I know for me, even this podcast, it was uh, a brainchild of two years ago, but I'm like, well, I have to get a sound editor. I have to do all this stuff. And when COVID hit and I was just wanted to talk to people, right. It was like, you know what, just do it. It's better to do it and have some issues rather than not do it. Cause you can never do it perfectly. Right. And I think that extends in social media and in, you know, putting your work out there or doing your MailChimp or whatever, like really start, start to do it. <laughs> I know. Like last night, I cleaned my studio up. I was like, <laughs> got to do something. That means we get a tour, right? <laughs> okay. We'll talk to, about artists in Canada because that's a critically important part of, I think, what artists are desperately needing. But I'd actually just like to learn a little bit more sure. about your art and maybe see, see your studio because it's always lovely oh, to be nosy and okay, peek in someone well, else's studio. I don't know if I can turn you around. Okay. So, here's what we got. Oh, that's so cool. So, this is your around. new studio space, right? Your new gallery? Um, I, I actually built the studio in uh, 2007, and I didn't mm -hmm. actually get into the studio till about 2009. It took two years to build. So I have four very large four-by-four wow. four windows, that 16-foot ceiling. And Beautiful. It's all the... And so is it your, it's your working studio as well as an art gallery? No, it's just a working studio only. It's, a 18, okay. by, it's a 18 by 24. So it's not huge, but well, that's pretty cool. big <laughs> in yeah. Toronto. That's a mansion. <laughs> yeah. So there's, as every artist has storage to you run out of storage room. I'll go back over. And do you work on multiple pieces at a time? 
lots of pieces on a time. I'm doing a lot of my work is it coincides with installation stuff as well. So there's the air exchanger, lighting, <laughs> junk drawer. I mean, some the of the all important junk drawer. Oh, very cool. So some of the I don't know the landscapes that I work on. I'm walking around. <laughs> I'll show you one painting here. I love your giant eagle up there. Is that an eagle? That is a crow or a raven. A crow. I can explain some of that. It's a part of a series. Some of that. So they're made. Yeah, those are very cool. They're made out of truck parts, bumpers and tires. And mm. part of it was part of a, a series that I worked on that was redressing the amount of roadkill that we experience in Saskatchewan, especially in the prairies. Like millions of animals a year die from vehicle collisions, right? So it kind of bothered me quite a bit. So I thought, well, I better, why not try to do something with it? So the first one, they did lots of drawings and it's carcasses. You're drawing deer and deer. And then the ravens are part of that thing. So they're part of the story. So it became more of a how the bones become part of the needed part of our land. They, they, they're, yeah, they're fertilizer, but they're, they're, they're part of the, the infrastructure for the for the land and they're, they're needed. It's just that there's too much of it going on at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, our vehicles and us living close to them has really accelerated the amount uh, of animals. Like you cannot imagine how many uh, thousands of deer alone in this province that die from vehicles. They can't get across wow. all the highways. They can't get across all the highways to go to water to shelter, right? It's thousands. And they don't of have, like I know in some places they have like tunnels underneath the roads that they kind of try and funnel the deer into, but is that just impractical in Saskatoon because yeah. it's just too flat? Do you ever see how flat our roads are? I mean, they don't. Well, I was wondering, yeah, as I was talking, I'm like, well, that probably doesn't make sense. And you know what? We have all those silly deer crossing signs. The deer don't go to the signs to cross the road. Damn it. <laughs> so they need to be educated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they've come up with all kinds of ideas and fencing and they can jump over fences and stuff. So I, I yeah. Anyway, the macabre part about the whole thing is I, I do these carcal paintings. And then I ended up, I said, well, why don't I twist that around? Why don't I take some car parts and make a carcass out of the car parts? So hmm. I, create oh. this, I create this great big thing out of car parts of carcass. And then I put an installation together with these birds above it. And then I have my two-dimensional show that hangs at the same time. So... They get a real experience when people come to those shows, not only the visual, but they can almost walk, they can walk around the sculptures as well. And I guess they can experience the actual vehicle that is turned into an animal, right? Or the carcass. Well, it's pretty, animal. it's kind of a wonderful poetry too, that you're uh, in effect tearing apart the car to create the animal versus usually yeah. the <laughs> animal is torn apart by the car. Yeah, that, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, it's kind of a nice little play on on visual imagery but but you know you you make proposals to insurance companies and cell phone companies and nobody wants to buy in on sponsorship for a great opportunity to have at an opening these are the early days of drivers side uh you know what do you call it disturbing the driver right you know right yeah and cell phones came in and they accelerated uh like astronomical when phones came in in what, 2008 the numbers tripled what they paid out in insurance policies like millions and millions of dollars more just when cell phones came out well a 
cell phone companies don't want you to stop using the cell phones. They, they just want you not to maybe use them in the car. But how do you tell yeah. people not to do that? Well, we're going well, I would argue, too, that the car is like my, my new car. It's like, would you like to have our, your text messages read to you and your emails read to you? And I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's, so, <laughs> I mean, it's like candy in front of a child, you know? Yeah, they're they're addressing those situations now. But in 20 and 2008, then they weren't right. The technology wasn't there for that. So mm -hmm. they really don't want to admit that there's all these major problems. People are like, if you hit a moose, Actually, there's an RCMP officer in the province that hit a moose a couple of years ago when he died. I mean, that moose yeah. comes that moose comes right through the window because he's so tall. It, it's horrific. So you think it could happen to not only, well, he was probably on his computer, cell phone, whatever, doing business. And that moose just stepped out on the road on him in the country. And that was it. Yeah. So it happens to RCMP officers well, as well. Well, and especially, especially in, a, in a, a space or a ter uh, terrain that is so flat, it's not like you can't <laughs> see them. Like in Ontario, uh, certainly uh, we don't really have moose where I am, obviously, but more deer, but they literally jump out of the woods. So it is yeah. very much of a surprise. And certainly you shouldn't be speeding, but sometimes they just appear so quickly. Whereas well, I've got to so imagine... Yeah, but you can kind of see, should be able to see them coming if you're in a flat environment. No, but th that's the surprising thing. There is really not, there's, there's as much hilly land in Saskatchewan as there is flat land. The flat land is yeah. only south part of the province, like Regina South. You're not even a halfway up the province when you get to Regina. So right. the hills and they, they're in the ditches. You can't see them. And at night in the dusk, their eyes will reflect. But you've got to watch for the eyeballs. And if you see the eyeballs reflecting with your, then you have to slow down. So, right. but most people are doing that minimum 110 and they're, they're trying to get to where they're going. And unfortunately, you take someone who's, say, a mother, with some kids driving their kid to a hockey game, you know, from Regina driving to a small town. She's now taken her driving skills of the city and trying to apply that to driving skills on the highway completely different driving skills because at night and deer and animals we're in the city there are traffic lights and people stop and you know we have a system to drive within the city generally right crosswalks right. and slowing down mm -hmm. and, but highway we don't so there's a learning thing anyway that was part of my little educational thing that i did and then i i, I kind of do more like the environmental aspects of what we're doing so i'll i'll turn you around again here so so I, I build three-dimensional figures. Mm. Oh, those are cool. Out, out of, uh, so this is Reg and Ethel. And, oh, they're squeegee. Oh, they're squeegee. Okay, so I'll just talk quickly about that. So this one came about, we had a major oil spill in our river, North Saskatchewan River. And so there was a call for entries and to address the situation. Well, I'll take a little bit more of a, not comical, but political cartoon style. So I, I also created a bunch of little cartoon books and it's little word oh, clouds. So these two talk all the time, very sarcastically. So I have Reg is kind of the, he's the corporate guy. He works for the company, the oil company, and they work for the company called self-serving. <laughs> so part, part of it is this, I, I first do a little, I did a little maquette Oh, that's really neat. So they're all done out of clay. So the two of them first. talking. 
<laughs> yeah, so I do a lot of clay and then I, I built these out of cardboard boxes. So yes, I went dumpster diving and I found some nice boxes that I like and I found some paper from a packing company, nice clean and then I paper mache and build these props these props and then they become part of my exhibition show that goes around and then I'll put them on social media as well so they'll have I'll photoshop them together and they'll have conversations they've actually joined the green party and uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually they have they went uh, our green party uh, representative here in Saskatchewan and she's now the uh, the rep for the province for the green party so Red just converted over to the Green Party from the oil company that he worked for. And so they, they have these funny little conversations. And anyway, I, I, it was kind of a that's, nice distraction. That's great. It's kind of fun. Well, it, yeah, it's a wonderful way to start conversation in a way that's also not threatening and it's not preachy. Oh, and It was know. threatening. They, would, they wouldn't publish any of the cartoons in the newspaper. They oh. wouldn't do all. <laughs> it, was an oil, it was an oil town, uh, North Battleford. Yeah. And they would, we wouldn't go near it. It was just... Uh, too, uh, yeah, too touchy. Well, they get too many oil dollars in their advertising in their newspaper. So I can see yeah. it. But I can understand it, but I think it's still important to, to bring to light the uh, exactly. kind of the issues yeah. and stuff so that other people can start talking about that too. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about some other stuff here. So Yeah. Okay. So with all this stuff you're doing, I mean, it's like, it sounds obviously you're a full-time artist and you're involved in a lot of really interesting things that are kind of political and environmental. How on earth do you find time to kind of also manage Artists in Canada, which is a really robust set of properties with websites and pension plans and directories and promotions. And yeah. maybe you can talk a little bit about the history of how that started, why it started, and then what it is. Okay, so in 2000, that's four years after the internet started, we uh, started Artists in Canada. So we've been out longer than some kids have been alive here. For <laughs> so we're in our 20th year, starting our 21st year. So basically we started out as an artist directory and I did it just, I thought, you know what? Nobody knows any Canadian artists. How do you, at that time, we didn't have social media either. And it was like, how do we communicate? Like, how do I get somebody from Halifax able to talk to somebody in Vancouver? How can those people have a show? How can those curators find those artists? How can art galleries find those artists? How can people buy art from? So I thought, well, why don't we just build a database of names and start that off? Then I realized they can't afford to do this. Better have a membership. Thing. So I said, very minimal. I don't think the membership's hardly gone up at all as far as dollar wise. So I said, just keep it affordable. And so people can be found and then it gets indexed with Google and you can be found multiple ways. Yes, you can be found by your website if they know your name, but on our site, they find you by city, by discipline, those kind of things. Well, like, cause I track my, I'm, a, I'm obviously an artist in Canada member and I track my yes. um, analytics on my website. And yeah, every single time there's always at least a few hits that come from artists in Canada to my website. And those are people that you generally never get of your own mm -hmm. in social media. So you have to understand we get about a million and a half views a month just from our site. Wow. So those are from people that are doing searches on the internet, looking for Canadian artists, which we are, and we're at the top of the page. And we separate everybody out by city. So we've got 80 different home pages. So Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, those kind of things. So the technical part. So I say you don't have to compete for an audience in Toronto if you're in Vancouver. You get so if somebody travels to Vancouver, they automatically get a Vancouver homepage. If yes, because I'm on Oshawa Toronto, right now. I've got the Oshawa homepage yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
So that's how it works. But you still get found in Ontario because you're listed in Ontario. That's how we, at some sure. point, we're sort of like a library. And we got to bring the books out front so people know that they're there. And you got to be able yes. to find what you're doing. So, and that's well, it's we nice do. that it's not, it's nice also that it's not overwhelming. Like some of them, there's so many choices and there's so many artists to go through that it, it almost defeats the purpose. There already um, is that. Yeah. I mean, you go, you hit painters and my gosh, there's lots of painters. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to, we're actually rebuilding the site again and again, and constantly rebuilding. And I think ours are going to be probably more sales orientated when we start our new one, our art sales gallery for our members so that they're a little, I won't say it like, a, not like an Etsy, but it, we're going to have a, a sales platform that they can sell directly off of. We have, we have a PayPal portal that they can put their PayPal into and manage that. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd really like the artists to manage their own content and, and when things are sold, they take it off and they, you know, they, they go about yeah. that route. I think in this area of digital, that's the only way to do it. You know, like, cause we obviously have, done, have taken Art Walk in the Square and, and put it online with an online store. But for myself as an artist too, if I'm involved in six or seven shows, which are now all online and all your work is online, there's no way that it can be managed unless the artist themselves is managing that inventory. Yeah, yeah, they can't do it. So in 2015, we started a pension plan. I thought, well, we have all these artists. Nobody had the security of a pension. How do you get yeah. a pension? And the ironic thing about this whole thing is I worked on this pension plan when it started over 30 years ago. I can't believe it. And it's like, and I never bought into the damn thing. And I'm like, what the what? hell was I doing? <laughs> I said, I did all the brochures and literature and I knew about stuff in inside and out and I never bought into this thing. What do I think? Oh, I've been living forever. I don't need this right now. I'll start it when I'm 40. I'll, I put excuse after I got kids in dancing. I had, I had every, I had a new car, I had a mortgage. I, I want to put a fence up. I, I had uh -huh. all these excuses. And I Which thought, is, of course, the classic is, financial advisor thing is pay yourself first, right? Exactly. Entrepreneurs, pay yourself first, and you never do. <laughs> no. Yeah, my kids are, yeah. My, all my kids have now is my paintings because they're, they're like storage bins for, I take my work and put it in their house. <laughs> That's right. Well. <laughs> so I, I started this plan, but part of it was I knew the company really well, and they were called the Saskatchewan Pension Plan. And at, in the beginning, they were a Saskatchewan plan that was brought out by the government and it was initially intended for housewives. So they would match you, the housewife would put some money in and they, they would match the money. Like you put, I think there was $600 limit in the day and you could match the $600 and they would put it in. It was a hell of a plan. Just wow. Wow. That's the, really good return on investment. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened was the government's changed and then they changed the policy and they rolled it into more of an independent plan and but they kept it the same name and it's still regulated under the government but it's not run they don't admit they don't administer it the same way so if there's an election we have to shut down the advertising on it that kind of thing has to happen but right yeah it you know what and here i'm selling a policy right so less than one percent in sale in fees you don't get that rbc all those banks they want way more money to invest your money and people have to yeah. realize that's how those dollars are accumulated. It's invested for you, but very safely. I mean, this plan, the Calgary Police Force used this plan, the pension plan. I think they trade in over half a billion dollars is traded. And you as an individual artist get the advantage of that trade. 
because otherwise by yourself you would have nothing and oh exactly. well yeah you don't you probably don't have the oh. the income to put towards it but you certainly don't typically have the time no. i mean or is that really nice, where you want to spend your time yeah. even if you have the expertise right so can you be from anywhere in canada or just in Sask anywhere Saskatchewan? anywhere in canada even quebec they what it is it's their investment people work with you individually for your portfolio that's mm -hmm. what it is but it's and it's tax deductible but the other thing is nice is they actually will work with you so say you only had a few dollars a month to put in or you all of a sudden you had and i'll tell one people when they get a grant or funding or those kind of things add your pension plan and stuff into your proposal for your work it's all part of doing business you need to add a percentage a good, good of piece of percentage advice. of everything you go like gas and oil and your travel is all put in there but make sure you put a piece of your pension plan your disability plan add yeah. that to the cost of say you're doing a project and you got five thousand dollars add a few more dollars to it for those they're all legitimate you add those on as a business because it's time that you're spending on it you have to be paid for it and you have oh, to yeah, be no, I, th I think that's i think that's a great idea and i think that's the kind of yeah. business advice that often artists don't have access to that really they, it's super valuable they forget yeah they don't yeah. realize it that you can do that and i'm just trying to think one other thing oh they're very flexible uh, so like i said one month you can't do it you don't do it or you can only have lump payments you can make a lump payment or small payment or it's best mm -hmm. to do a small payment regularly they'll take visa card you'll get points they, they take like it's as long as you can pay off your visa card <laughs> it's it, it's so easy we have a link on our website and the only thing we get from it is we're building our numbers up i make nothing from this and all i am is a, a portal link and we build we build our artist base up and they they like to see our numbers up because they're they they spend a few dollars with us they'd like to see a return that they're getting some people back in doing it so what we're mm -hmm. going to do i think when we start selling work we're going to start actually putting money into that artist pension plan so if you if you're signed up to the pension plan and we sell a piece of your work online for you we will put 10 percent up to 10 percent of that sale in the plan for you that's your money and it's yours when you're 60 or 65 and it's secured in value so i don't think i was trying to get other galleries commercial galleries to do the same thing i think when you sell something commercially in a gallery even five percent should be put towards that artist pension plan yeah. a plan of some kind well, and I, and I think it's a classic thing too, is a lot of time, I, my background is in financial services. So I know we ran into this all the time yeah. where, you know, people kind of go, yeah, but I don't have enough money to really put in. It's like even a few, five bucks a week, right? That's, that's right. That's a coffee. You know, yeah. you can probably afford that. And it's, it's better than putting nothing in at all and waiting until you somehow have this big windfall where you're going to put a chunk towards your investment. It never right? happens. I'll tell it people. It never happens. And there's always other happens. things. Oh, my roof needs repairing or whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I equate it to a cup of coffee, same kind of thing, right? Hmm. And that $5 becomes $60 at the end of the year. It's not a lot of, you know, $5 a week. Yeah, but you start when you're 25, and when you're 60, you've got a nice, yeah. tidy little sum. It adds up. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a lot, but when you put it with, because a lot of artists don't pay CPP. Like, I know artists that don't pay it. So they, they can't claim CPP at the other end if they've never paid into CPP. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about which i would argue then if you're an artist i'm just gonna i just need to say this if you're an artist who truly is out there and you're not paying cpp at the end of the year on your income taxes 
you need to find yourself a better accountant because that is not that expensive to sort of do per year. And at least then you've got some sort of a safety net and when you retire. To, and I think yeah. that's critical. And people have to realize that CPP is, is an annuity, right? You'll get a mm -hmm. fixed amount of money for the rest of your life. So that's how this pension plan works as well. At, at a certain point, you can talk to your rep and say, I want to roll this into an annuity or I want to take the payments monthly as to yeah, or it becomes a riff, you know, when you get to be 65 <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right. So or you can choose the annuity if you're going to if you think you're going to live really long, take the annuity, right? It's like it's X amount of dollars a month for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And if there's money left over, it's not like a CPP, it goes to your family. Like, so anything you've overpaid in there, it, it's paid out. Where CPP yeah. doesn't work like that. I mean, they still only give you $5,000 for a burial. Like, that hardly buys the cheese and crackers. I don't think you can do it for $5,000. <laughs> I just no. helped a friend and there's no way he can do a burial no. for $5,000. So they've never raised yeah. that up forever. So I'm not, I'm saying CPP is good, but by the time you need three pension plans to afford to live, that's CPP, OAS, and either RSPs or something else in an investment that you can do. And if somebody's willing to manage that for you and help you and is not messing around with your numbers, and, <laughs> but one or 2% makes a big difference if you're putting any amount of money in and then it cures in value and, it, and, and goes up. So, well, and I think, that, I think that brings up another interesting point too. I think a lot of times people are resistant to doing stuff like that because they don't know if they can if the person that they're looking for and they can outsource their money to, they can trust, right? So with something like this program, it's been vetted, it's sponsored by the government, you've got other large organizations who have done the due diligence for you. So I don't have to yeah. worry about, you know, does my neighbor who's a you know financial planner, is he, is he honest? Is he gonna do the work for me? Because the reality is you're gonna be a small client for them anyway. And you know how so. it is, it's like, I know this with my wife, it's like saying, she hates changing hairdressers and telling and breaking the heart of the one that she says, I don't like the way you do my hair anymore. I'm going to go to this person. My wife really does that. So it's like saying the same kind of thing. When you break up with your financial guy who happens to be your best friend or your neighbor, you kind of, oh, I should be pulling my money away. from. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. How do I tell him that we're not friends anymore and I want my money back? <laughs> Switched yeah. over. Yeah. And so when you deal with somebody that, it's just the business, right? You're dealing, he's mm -hmm. a, a financial guy in Saskatchewan who's- And he's motivated to make as high a profit margin on that pension as possible. That stays safe. within the risk parameters, right? So- And safe, like they really are, yeah. they have a risk factor toler tolerance that you want to choose where you're going and they'll advise you what you should do. But they always, they advise, I think they've been averaging over 8% in the last- Wow. Year. 30 some years. Some years are That's great, some years drop. It is, uh, you know, yeah, in a well, long term. Yeah, the TSX buy. isn't making great money every year either, so. <laughs> no, and you have to realize that if you have, say you had a Ford pension, say your pension plan was through, through Ford, they invest their money. That money is invested, or the teacher's, teacher's fund, like the yeah. teacher's pension, that's invested money somewhere to, to build the dollars up so that they can pay you those dollars back out. They, Everything is invested. We're, mm -hmm. Any kind of uh, pension plan is invested. And teachers is huge. It's a, it's a billion dollar investment. Ontario yeah. is huge. You know, 
note to artists who are following us, make sure yeah. that you look after your finances, make sure you pay yourself first. And it isn't about just yeah. buying the next set of art materials. It's also about investing for your future. And so yeah. artistsincanada.com pension plan is a good thing to explore to do that. The other thing is what else? So I know just maybe you can talk a bit more about some of the other services and resources and stuff that you have on Artists in Canada. Well, you know, I don't want to, the sales part, we do have a premium membership and we have a- yeah, I know, I think the sales part level. is good because that's what we're here for, right? It's, yeah. it's so about helping artists we be have, more professional. Yeah, we have membership levels, which for artists at different levels, some want to reach out farther than others. Some are just say, you know what? I'm just starting out. I just want, I just want to just start. I just want to get my, my name out there. People find my website and do those kind of things. And so we'll do that aspect and we'll work with them and they can choose however if they choose the wrong one i always message them back and I say well we can correct this or we can do that with I, one way doesn't matter to me one way or the other and mm -hmm. it's just relative to their needs and then the other thing is we started uh we, we we have two different website templates because a lot of artists never had a website in the early days they didn't have one and they wanted something that was equitable and and if you know Anyway, mine was the, we have a basic one and it's like less than a hundred dollars a year. And that included the membership, membership's 50 bucks uh, for one year. So Hard to go you wrong got a with website, that. <laughs> yeah, a hundred dollars and you get indexed and you can sell on the site, the whole thing. And I give you a little tiny little ad that you can put up on a different city if you want to promote if you're in that city or I think, so there's that part. And then we used to host .com and .cas as well. All these things, people realize that if we didn't do that, we couldn't afford to do what we're doing because that's a revenue stream that we need to pay for my IT bill, which is like way more money than I make like, per hour, my yeah. God, uh, for the amount of hours I put in. But it's, so basically it pays my IT bill and my hosting bill and they're kind of a break even. That was my goal, kind of break even because I had a job initially mm -hmm. in the day that I, I did my graphic design thing. And so... I, I just, we started one called artistry. So if you went to our site and there's a free trial, I, I really believe in the free trial. Just get on there, try it out. I don't bug you. You can keep on going. You can build your website. It just sits there idle and build it. And you use your own .com that you have. It's just not live. And I can, we can flip it over really quickly. I mean, right now it's a, like $175 hosting a website and a membership for $175 a year. That's, That's where we, yeah. yeah. There's really no excuse anymore for artists not having a, a website. There's a lot of excuses. <laughs> there shouldn't be. Be uh, truly uh, serious about running your art, art business to, I mean, some people are not looking there to sort yeah. of promote and sell and stuff, but if you truly are looking at it to be a business last where week, you can still last, do what you love, yeah. but you need to sell, you have to have a website. Last week when you were interviewing IP, right? Or PI, mm -hmm. PI gallery. PI. What did she say? I want to see a professional website. Totally. Yeah. She says, if I'm going to handle professional artists, I want to see what they look like professionally online. How are they presenting mm -hmm. their work? Are they taking photos of their stuff with, how are they doing their work? How are they showing themselves? Because that yeah. is a first impression that that gallery gets. So they, they either know that you're clunking around by a great artist, but you got a clunky website. And they can accept that. Oh, that's still great art. But at some point, they kind of realized, did you not spend 12 bucks and have somebody come in and fix this up or have yeah. professional photos taken of your work, which saves way down the road for mm -hmm. her. She didn't have to take photos. If you presented her something in 300 DPI, 
she could yeah. make her giclés that she wanted to do make giclés a lot of artists maybe don't want to go that route but that, at mm -hmm. least she had the option and she has also the option of reshooting that work and doing what she wanted which is fine so i think artists need to understand those little steps that they that they need to do and we, we try to make our site as professional as possible it's uh, stage one and as we with artistry as one as we change the site everybody gets an upgrade all at once like that's the mm -hmm. nice thing about the template and we're responsive in design for phones and you can sell online and you can do all those things you can load pictures online onto your phone if you're at the lake and you have to have something you could load if you got a Wi-Fi or something you could do it so yeah that became my my parameter when my my I took a year to build a site but it was like it, it, it he knew what he had to do at the end he said it had to meet these criterion for our artists for stage one to you know for for what we're doing and then I said you know what I still want artists to have a, a membership so I just threw the membership in if you're committed to this artistry here's your membership and you can right. sell and do stuff online. So it was a nice way of bundling it. You know, you bundle that package with them. And again, once the artistry, artistry is not paid for yet, I'm still like a master on my visa card paying that thing off, <laughs> but <laughs> living off. Okay, all you cards. artists out there who don't have artists, our websites yet and are looking for a nice easy one that you don't have to code yourself. Just put it on go your check visa, out put on Artists your visa in Canada. Card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so, well, we've been doing this, like I said, for 20 years and looking forward to another batch. I'm, I'm not, you know, there's so many places doing stuff online now. And we started, uh, actually, the one thing I forgot to tell me, tell, we started at the beginning of August, I started Artists in Canada Art on Facebook. I could say that on here on Instagram because they're owned by Facebook. Anyway, so... <laughs> Well, I'm not being paid by Instagram or Facebook oh, to do this, so I think you can say yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I think we got close to 2,000 people in that group already, and all you can do is show your work. You're not supposed to sell. No, no words. Keywords are. I got warning symbols that come up all the time because <laughs> I manage. I manage this site as well daily, and there's some great, great artists out there, and they're joining. They're just. It's free. You just go on and put out a request. Uh, make sure you, all you have to do is a Canadian living in Canada. You have to be an artist living in Canada. So you can be from any other country as long as you're living in Canada and you're an artist. You can post on there and people are selling already off of there. But I think followers can be followers. They can follow and do everything, but they can't post. That's all. Right. So if you're from another country, you can't do it. But you can follow and look at stuff. And I see people coming in from all over wanting to be a part of it, but I have to say no to some of those. So you just have to be a Canadian artist. Like that's, that's it. And that's great. Okay. Some, that's on my to-do list yeah, today. I don't think language. I've done that yet. Well, there's some great language going on. Great, great conversations. I think mm -hmm. it's great because I know a number of these people and they're now meeting up with other people across the country and you can see in their comments, they've, they've become a friend. So I love being a yeah. connector. I love the fact that, these two people, maybe we'll have a show. And I think that's sort of the future thing, what we plan on doing in Artists in Canada is having some online shows, two-person shows. So, but you have to be from different parts of the country. So those things will be part of our new platform, what's coming up, I'm hoping before the new year, that we'll be able to do some of those things for our members that become like that. So it's just kind of, it's really nice. It's oh. fun. There's lots of yeah, stuff that's a, that's, a, that's amazing how much stuff you're working on. And we're getting almost to the end of our time because I just want to make yep. sure I, I can have enough time to say this. So I always like to do Kate's quickies, so my quick yep. questions. 
What piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, start earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you how know, often that is for older artists. <laughs> oh, my younger self. Yeah. You know what? I enjoyed the journey that I've been on. I've tried to be true to what I wanted to do is, you know, you go end up going down a path sometimes and you get, okay, I got to get off. I got to get back on the highway. I got, I've been down this <laughs> gravel road for too long. Right. And you jump off and on, but those little journeys are part of what you are. Right. So don't, don't belittle the fact that you got sidetracked or you did something else because they become additive to what you do. Right. And I think you need you to get have something that. out of every experience. And you don't realize it until later on that you needed that kick in the pants. You needed that fall down over here. You needed that curiosity to say no, because it made you sharpen your pencil a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, clean up the design on your stuff. Or if you do that, I'll give you a show. Like, like little hints that come along the way. And then I remember key points in my career, even as a designer saying, I could see all the young ones coming up from behind. And they were bringing skills that I didn't necessarily have at the moment. Computer skills, for instance. Yeah. I said, I just had to be better at managing what I had, but I couldn't ignore the fact that I had to do some computer skills. So I had to learn on my own my computer skills. The, the company didn't send me for training. It was, yeah. I, was, I was a layout design artist. I mean, I designed, I think when I, I sent stuff to you, my stuff I designed was like Princess Margaret hospital, home, home lottery stuff. I designed over a hundred lotteries across the country. Mm -hmm. So, but I didn't mean I did them all on a computer. I had them on a pad of paper and a marker. And I said, this is the concept. This is the headline yep. that I wanted to say, this is what I want. Then I worked in our production department and our creative department, our writers and things, we pulled them all together and we come up with the finished concept and we clean it up. And then our production people, you get the photography done, you go supervise that as an yeah, art director sure. and you get, you pull the pieces together as a team and then you build a product and out it goes. And then mm -hmm. your billboard and your social media people and all those things put things into place, right? Right. That, that industry is okay. turned upside down. Anyway. I know. Yeah, no, I came through that same industry, so I totally get yeah. it. Okay. My one big question I always like to ask, what would your big hairy ass goal be for the future? Ooh, sunset. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow the future. I have my own, there's two, I, I live two lives here. One is an artist and one is the director for Artists in Canada. I won't be able to do Artists in Canada all my life. So the big, the big thing is to find the right corporation or group of artists or somebody to manage and run what I've built. I've done, I've done phase one of whatever it's going to be. Now, Artists in Canada, I'm hoping will end up growing into all medias going into music, theater, mm -hmm. poetry, writing. So that's a pretty good hairy ass goal. That is a massive one be because <laughs> yeah. a guy in a band has like 12 bands in one year. Like I could, I don't know how I'd ever keep up with that. Finding yeah. out how you're going to get him a gig, you know? <laughs> so that is, that is that one. My other one, uh, I think I just, you know what? I've been painting and doing stuff enough. I'm quite happy with what I'm doing. I don't think, uh, my aspirations of being in the AGO or the National Gallery has never really been one of the things on my list. I think I'd rather affect a lot of people regionally in their public galleries. That's, that's basically with, with some of my 
I, I guess my politics as far as environment and you know a bit of a social responsibility that uh, we should be doing as individuals as people and why do artists have to do this I don't know they you think that would be our politicians would be doing this but I, they're I not doing compelled. a damn I think thing it's a yeah, we're compelled. But I really do have to end the interview because I really want to make sure oh, we can save okay. it. I could, I know I could have talked to you forever. I had to really watch the yeah. time on this one. But, well, we'll have um, to, when this opens up, maybe, and next time I come to Toronto. Yeah. That would be, be great. great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. And so you can be reached at artistincanada.com and your hashtag is artistincanada. What about your Paul Constable hashtag? Yeah, paulconstable.com. That'll get me. Okay. Know, that makes it nice and easy. Easy to do. Okay. <laughs> Sounds okay, great. thank you so much. All right, Thanks, and we Kate. will talk to you later. Have a great Thanksgiving. Well, that was wonderful. Hopefully you learned a lot with that. I think there was a lot of information about kind of your future in terms of investments and looking after your future financial piece of it. So hopefully you will go back and take a look at it again. We'll be on my YouTube site and we will see you next week. Have a great day. And for all you Canadians, have a fabulous Thanksgiving this weekend. It's supposed to be gorgeous.